This man, as you call him, is not a human being at all, but is in fact a black lectroid named John Parker from the very same Planet 10, and his spaceship is at this moment anchored above Yoyodyne. Launch Thermopod. This is Filmsack. Oh, sure. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Filmsack. Back or two, it doesn't matter. Minding the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, I'm Scott Johnson. It's uh, FilmSack 481. Welcome to the show. I'm joined today by Brian. He found floating naked men in that mountain portal Dunaway. And then I hit him with my car. Oh, hi. This week I sold my first screenplay to Troma Films. Yep, I'm rich. Well, I have pizza money. Now, Congratulations. The- Thank you. All right. Now, according to the Troma Film Script naming app, that was recently banned by the U.S. government, they're going to title the film The Many Exploits of Cowboy Chop Suey Through the Multiverse. There and back again nine times. Bravo, Trauma App. Bravo. Anywho, here's the pitch I gave them. Cowboy Chop Suey, born to a Chinese-American mother in a bowl of pinto beans, thus began life as she's destined to suffer it. Going in no direction at all, a mediocre neurosurgeon with this lawsuit waiting to happen was tossed to the curb after less than stellar performance at her job. You've seen this before, right? On the streets, she loitered around Chinatown, learning useful skills such as finding food by digging through garbage behind various eateries, where she discovered a discarded notebook filled with multiverse theories, which she shows to a gathering group of curious raccoons, those disease-ridden back-alley mammals, the Chinatown or Chinatown trash pandas. Mm -hmm. And now, with her stolen rickshaw covered in bottle rockets lifted from a fireworks stand and ready for an escape to another reality, Cowboy Chop Suey faces the grace and probability of her downward spir- spiraling life. <laughs> While below the streets, in the sewer, a group of clowns mounted on discarded pet alligators peers from the storm drains, keeping a gleeful eye on Team Suey's every move. There, I made your movie worse. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really flowerly written. Like, uh, I don't know, that was intense. It's not the right. You know, if you wait long enough after, I mean, it might even be time now, you could actually uh, release that and people wouldn't make any sort of connection to an existing movie. Probably, probably not, because it really, the, the, the seed of that was the fact that I never noticed in the introduction before that Buckaroo Banzai was born to, uh, you know, a, a Japanese uh, a mother and, and uh, basically is a cowboy name and a Japanese word put right. together yeah. to make this multicultural character uh-huh. and I thought what an odd idea how do we bring that to trauma <laughs> and that's exactly what I did yeah. more like trauma all right well done trauma is t-r-o-m-a yeah, yeah but yeah. trauma yeah, and yeah. trauma yeah yeah you are trauma there you go the trauma the trauma center wow. moving on uh also with us today Randy his band always brought handguns with them on tour Jordan Aloha, Scott, Brian, Brian. Hi. And uh, I mean, especially you, Brian Dunaway. Now that you've sold your first film, I have a pitch for you. Mm. Give me. And please listen. Okay. So, all right. Here's how we're going to start our movie. Okay. Listen, we're out in the desert. 
It's sometime in the middle of the 20th century when a bunch of scientists could just be hired by the government to go out into Nevada and test new experimental technology. Our hero shows up and he's so amazing. He's so much more than just a fighter or just a scientist. But it looks like the test goes horribly badly for him. Oh, no, he's dead. But wait, due to his genius and cunning, he survived. Even though he should be dead, Indiana Jones has survived. Interesting. <laughs> I'll give you pizza money. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, <laughs> finally with us, Brian, Big Booty Ibbit. Big Booty. Big Booty. Booty. Uh, hello, prop department. Oh, good. I'm glad you called. Uh, there are a few things that I wanted to talk to you about. Got a second? Good, good. First up, I sent a request for some futuristic-looking holographic glasses, and I said, please make sure that when you send them that you wrap them in bubble wrap. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got them, and wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop the music, Scott. Stop the music. Oh, wait. Well, I can do that. Hold on. All right. Is, is someone out there not having any good time? <laughs> I almost used this. Perfect. Is there, is there someone, out there, someone out there crying in the darkness? <laughs> Someone is someone crying. Oh, there he is. Can we get a spotlight on him? Can we get a microphone over there? Yeah. What's your name? Oh, it's it's upset film sack Twitter poster. What's wrong? <laughs> why why are you crying? No, 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 no. We are finally doing Buckaroo Banzai. You can stop tweeting us about Oh, oh what what else is wrong? No, no, no. I was I was mistaken about Jason Scott Lee, but I corrected myself further into the podcast <laughs> if you just li- Yeah, yeah. Yes, we're going to bring up Mad Max Fury Road again because there's a scene in this movie that takes place in the desert. Oh, oh my God, you've got a lot to say that you send to <laughs> at FilmSack on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Scott, don't laugh. Don't, don't be mean. We don't, we don't oh, yeah, have we to don't be, be mean. mean. Yeah. We don't have to be mean. <laughs> we don't have to be mean. Remember, wherever you go, ah. you can come up with a pithy saying just by stringing some words together. <laughs> I'm right. going to dedicate the rest of this intro to you, Peggy. Aww. Dude, you now have to you now have to marry that uh, Twitter poster. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That was you great. Have to, you dude. have to go start a relationship with that person. Yeah. <laughs> I do now. Yes. Oh shoot. She has, to get, she has to get tortured Poor by Penny. John Lithgow first, though. So be careful. <laughs> uh, well done. That was that was one of my favorite Ibit ones ever. That was very good. Uh, and it's for the win. The, the movie is Buckaroo Banzai, dude. What? Does things in space. the eighth dimension. Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. There it but is. But everybody calls it Buckaroo Banzai. So, and okay. this is going to be another one that three of us hadn't seen before. Well, mm. you would be wrong, I believe, because I think it's in this case it's the weird it's the weird man out because this is a movie that was that was a gigantic uh, cultural thing when I was in mm-hmm. school. Like I don't even know how old I've been. What was this? Eighty four. Kind of so I'd have been like 13, 14 years old. And at the time, if you were cool, you saw Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, whatever. <laughs> or so you told yourself. That's what everybody said. And I didn't see it. I never went. I don't know why what? I didn't go. I didn't see it at all. This is my first viewing. So it feels like a part of my childhood or growing up uh, formative years that what? I didn't actually partake in, yet it still has this cultural impact. I, but you saw it, though, like then. I did see it. I didn't see it in the theaters, but I saw it as yeah, soon as yeah. it came to video with my friend, uh, Scott Wagner. He and I rented it. And um, God Wagner. Down the Curtis Mathis door. 
<laughs> Actually, he worked at where do you work? He worked at Marshalls. Oh, nice. Okay. nice. Close enough. It's close. Uh, anyway, we rented it, and really about the only thing that we came out of it with were just a lot of repeatable quotes. I mean, yeah, we'd, yeah. you know, we'd say "Shut up, monkey boy," or you know, whatever. It would be use the term "monkey boy" a lot. Yeah. Um, that might have been it, really. Now that I think about it, <laughs> you I said really, a lot of surely, I think that was the only one. Now oh, I come on. No, actually... surely you did use the one you used in your intro, which is, you know, uh, no matter where you go. Oh, we there did, you are. Yes. Surely you used we that did. one. We did use that one. Yeah. So yeah. But isn't no that a thing that came before this, though, right? Wasn't that an old saying before this? I think I think I remember hearing this in Pop the Rides for our first, generation. Yeah. And then. A couple years later in, sorry, I'm going to bring it up, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Ah, Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a, with that. some sort of phrase in there. And I can't even remember who said it in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, but I know somebody right. did. Yeah. Was it a, uh, yeah. It wasn't, cool. it wasn't was Master somebody, Was it somebody running Barter Town? I mean, who, who no, 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 Master Blaster somebody, was too busy running, running Barter Town. Town. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> it's like, no matter where you go, <laughs> there you are. So this movie, this movie, I, I, I saw it uh, on cable uh, after I had seen uh, Back to the Future. So I erroneously thought growing up that this movie lifted from the other, but the 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 converse is true. This is 1984 when this uh, arrived on the scene. Um, yeah, but how and, are they even remotely connected other than... Oh, I mean, plenty of, I mean, okay. So, I mean, if you watch this movie, I'm not 100% sure that this is the genesis of a lot of small ideas that were expanded upon in other movies. But I have a feeling that this was such a cult classic that it did inspire uh, uh, things that happened throughout the next decade See, I, um, I, in films. I think it was a lot more like the trauma of its time. Right. Uh, just like people didn't see it. It didn't really affect other filmmakers except to scare the hell out of studios and do investing. I don't think that at all. Mm. Everybody I knew had seen Buckaroo Banzai and in 84, I was like 12. So a lot of people had seen it, but most of them did, saw it like, like I did on cable. And there was a lot of one liners and a lot of good ideas. And this film to me is one of those films that the parts are way better better than the whole yeah because there and somebody so, on twitter said to this to me it says yeah. i'm watching this movie right now for film sack and here's what my take is and I, and they said that it's like a bunch of 10 year olds got a hold of some cameras and a whole bunch of weird instruments and toys mm-hmm. and just turned the camera on and got to film it and screw around and have fun and that's your movie well and then right. also said to the principals now look cool. Now act cool. Now say something cool. And those actors only had, you know, about half of a script to that. And they had to figure it out. You could like there were so many yeah. times when the person speaking on screen looked like they were figuring out what the character needed to be saying. You <laughs> like know? They were right. like they were practicing their line. Oh, yeah. that was the take. Wait a minute. I was just. A- yeah, <laughs> I think there was more. Um, I, I think there was a lot of world building in either the writers or director's mind and actually probably the director. Cause if you uh, read some interviews and things from those guys later on, they loved the ideas that were delivered to them about Buckaroo Banzai. And they spent so much time, I think world building. They never actually went uh, and set up proper shots or sets mm-hmm. or really anything. It just seemed like they were having a lot of fun. Like you guys said, it was just a, you know, they, they just, hey, let's film in this back room over here. Let's film in this warehouse because all the, almost all the locations were just incredible. Like office just, building and. Yeah. Yeah. Just ter- you, terribly uninteresting most of the time. Mm-hmm. So is this a case where 
uh, and it's funny because we talk about world building so much on the show and how cool it is and how, how great is the, you know, setting up, giving you so much background on a place, mm. but not spelling everything out for you. Do you think they did right. too much of that in this case? Like, I think they knew too much about their world and didn't know how to express it. I feel like they spent a lot of drug out of nights, you know, just <laughs> talking it out, you know, yeah, just going. Yeah. It's like, well, I read this thing in science and it's like, I, I feel like they, they, they really thought about this a lot, but I don't think they came to any, com- you know, like any. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if they had, they would have had the sequel. Right they it promised like at that. the end of the movie, like but, at the end of the movie, then credits roll right. says, come back for more buckaroo bonsai. And they even had a title for the next film. I forgot what the, it was. uh, Atomic Pirates or something. I can't even yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. Some weird thing like I'll that. And I and I'll I, tell you what it was. I was like, I put it when I saw that, it was like, stupid. wait a minute. But that's Freaking not that's not always against the World Crime League. The WCL go The World Crime League. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That thing. That thing at the end is not always a studio who doesn't know how bad their film is about to flop. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that's filmmakers trying to bully the studio cheeky. into into going forward and making another one already. Right. It's or maybe just, just cheeky, right? Because the whole idea of this movie is that we, as the audience, have stepped into an intellectual property that already exists. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and like it's a serial. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, is that just the book into what they were already saw? I don't really know. If they I think they really did intend to make another oh. movie after this mm. dreams. Of course. Yeah. I think. <laughs> and then, uh, but I do think that they put that in there as like a, yeah, you know, this is a, it's kind of a funny name. It's cheeky, but we're really going to still do it. And even if right. we don't, we come up with another title for it. It'll still be kind of funny. And it'll be like the lost story. Yeah. And- and right. years later, we'll claim to have complete ownership, and we'll try to make our own TV show. But then the studio right. will sue us and tell us we can't do it. Yeah, and then we're like, "It's been thirty years. Aren't you going to do anything with it?" And they're like, "Whatever." This is what's funny is this: we we take this for granted now. So when a when a screen fades in the words, "The Avengers will return," we uh-huh. just accept it as truth because that's right, what right. the MCU gave us. Every time it said, "You know, Iron Man will return," or whatever the words they always use at the end of these things. Right. We all go, yeah, well, of course, we're getting sequels. This is, this is a badass yeah. freaking uh, thing. We're just going to keep getting these. And this this felt like one of those. But when they don't happen, like the thing never got followed up. Yeah. It's just yeah. a little sad. A little party of breaks inside and goes, oh, well, you know, even though I, I, I mean, honestly, this being my first viewing, it's not really fair. I know I recognize a ton of these actors. I recognize all these lines and things that everybody used because, again, mm-hmm. it was this big, important part of 1984. But. It's not the best, very the good. Smartest, the smartest, <laughs> the smartest, the smartest, the absolute smartest thing uh, in this film is is the casting uh, to 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 get these all these interesting sure. actors and, and interesting cutting. featured. Yeah, yeah eat, all these interesting features of of actors uh, and, and put them in here, and they, they're all just a little askew. We all kind of think, well, maybe they are aliens, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, kind of looks like an alien, sure, sure. And so uh, I, I really liked the casting. I thought it was fantastic. Even, even Peter Weller being this almost kind of out of place, brooding. I, I appreciate he's not, he's not appreciate charismatic it. enough to carry the thing. Exactly, uh, right. It's hard. It, it, I can't get over how we just watched a James Bond movie last week, and we had the, our I don't know sixth or eighth discussion on Film Sack about about how you make a James Bond movie and how you know people have succeeded and people have failed and all that mm-hmm. stuff because that is what is going on here 
is people try to take a new property and do a thing that sort of generally we're going to have action adventure, a lot of different concepts come together, good guys, bad guys, international intrigue, all that stuff. And they and they thought they looked at Peter Weller and they thought, oh, there's our James Bond. And he, yeah. and he just wasn't like you just you have to you have to ultimately hang a lot on that lead, you know, like like, like we, we were talking about. And this is yeah. like the like you find out just how like early on in the movie, you find out just how it's going to go when we really rush into a nightclub scene where Buckaroo Banzai shows up to play lead guitar and sing. Mm-hmm. And he struts onto stage, and the way they shoot it, you're like, "Wow, they're not even showing us who this is. This is gonna be great. I can't mm-hmm. wait." And then he gets on stage, and he starts dancing in a circle. He starts spinning, <laughs> going around and around and around, right. and you're just like, "Who is this? This yeah. is not James Bond." No, yeah, really. no, he's he's uh, he's not he's not even the kind of character that kind of falls into success. Uh, he's not the kind of character who, you know, goes out as like an adventure seeker. He's just kind of there as things happen around him. And you, you set him up as this, like this almost Superman character. He's a rock star. He's a, he's um, definitely a a super character. I mean, but does he, the only thing he really uses, uh, of all of his talents is just his test pilot talent to fly the, uh, the alien spacecraft. Yeah, the right. I mean, oh, stuff, you mean to, to solve the problem? To solve at the hand? problem in the movie. Gotcha. Yeah, right. I, I agree with Ibbett here. He's it? barely. He's. I felt like he was barely in it. I felt like it. And even though he was, he was always kind of there. But it was more like the, the group effort was the character. I kind of like Perfect right. Tom more. Whereas, whereas <laughs> Scott, Scott, I know you're going to agree with this. My God, John Lithgow is in this movie. Oh, oh yeah, he's in, it. He's in it to win yeah. it. Yeah, he's really like, going for it. It's a John it. Lithgow film. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. shocking. I was not at all. Right. It is shocking so many times. Ah, yeah. Shocking yeah. because yeah. Tom. He w- I still don't <laughs> right. totally Jeff fully. Jeff Goldblum, though, come on. New no, Jersey? Bill Bloom, sure, but that cowboy Bloom's outfit. Great. What the Still frick the would we be doing with that cowboy outfit? That needed to change. I mean, it's just the it's just like, you know, you've got to have your your entourage of characters that are as right. flashy as the main character, in this case, way more flashy than the main character. Mm-hmm. That's right. a good point. Was it Mel Brooks kind of like influenced humor in there some was parts some, of this? There, I, there, to, I felt some of that, not just because of the cowboy yeah. thing and it looked a little like an outfit you might see on Blazing Saddles, but there was still sort right. of like a I don't know, like a like, like a, a space it, it was the Mel Brooks kind of a flavor there somewhere. I was trying to nail sure. the comedy down, but it was like yeah. somewhere between slapstick and Mel Brooks, and yeah. I just couldn't figure it out. Like, yeah. There's a, there's a perfect example of the other direction of influence that I'm talking about. I have seen every Mel Brooks movie many many times. I didn't right. seen this. Mm-hmm. I as I'm watching it, I got to thinking. Oh, how did this influence Spaceballs? And the answer is zero, not <laughs> right. even a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. this this film wasn't good enough to have any kind of like impact beyond the fact I, that it wasn't good. Yeah. I still disagree. I think that I, I think that it 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 caused enough buzz. Everybody in my generation yeah, knew same. about this film, same. and it I don't think huge. anybody was trying to make this film. But I certainly feel like the ideas that were thrown out. I think, like I said, I ran, I ran in circles with a lot of people who liked making small films and stuff. And it was very, uh, it was very influential as far as going, we all recognized that it wasn't the greatest movie, but it had really good parts that were just really good ideas. I mean, even like the aliens, I mean, for 84, 
I thought these were pretty darn good. And it gave me such a real feeling of where the styling and the look of like they uh, like stuff from they live and then from alien nation later alien on. Nation. It's funny because there's a lot of stuff that I, I that I confused with this movie and right. alien nation. Um, yeah, it's easy yeah, to yeah. those aliens. Look I forgot like with the, you know, for a while. I was thinking, wait, was it the guys in alien nation all had the same name? Wait, what was the, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. And so it was like, I don't know if they stole from other great material so much in this, that it feels like maybe it was actually, you know, it just, it just filtered through, I, but it's the source material for me for a lot of things. This, this, so is, this like is the it, problem it, though. It, it like you, not the problem, but when I, when we, when I was young and this thing was at its height, it felt like contraband. It felt like yeah, one of those yeah. things mm-hmm. pre-internet where you all had secret knowledge about it and it, you knew it was cool and your parents had no idea it was cool. And you would, you, that's how it would pass around. It would pass around between kids and, 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 and it was one of those currencies for the, for the years of the mid eighties. And that's a weird phenomenon. I don't know if that even happens anymore. Like now, I guess right. it happens now, but it's like weird stuff on the internet, like a meme you, no one else has seen. It's access to things. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like the the new app where everybody's in chat rooms. That's uh, and and no no you know mm-hmm. adults don't know about it yet. That's the like right. I I accidentally well, how did I end up? I ended up on TikTok about two and a half years ago. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, and now China owns you. We yeah right. I had to. Oh my gosh that. That thing, and but anyway, TikTok sensation. That's right. About two and no, absolutely. I'm the opposite. I was, I was, a, I was a, a TikTok lurker, mm. uh, like about two and a half years ago. But we went, we had a thing at work where we were just looking for emerging social media platforms, mm. and right. you know, like trying to ask the question: Is this going to be appropriate for our brand, Makes our sense. brands? Sure. And so, anyway, I just I got on TikTok really early on in its rise in the United States, and then I gave up on it after uh, I don't know, like before everyone here jumped on it in the last 18 months. And uh, where was I going? Oh, so there was a time, there was a time when TikTok was clearly only college students who were clearly only trying to avoid being seen by adults, right? Right, And like Facebook, Facebook was like that too. Facebook used to be for college students only. And like, I, I, I can't help comparing movies to that. There's just a time now uh, you know g- kids don't have media that they that they keep the adults from but they have access to each other mm-hmm. they, they keep the adults yeah from. that's that's a good right. point like we we as as the you know the ubiquity of technology makes it easier for people to connect in a more personal way it's but it's the same phenomenon at the end of the day like right, right. us thinking that what? buckaroo bonsai was somehow this special secret well, trick it's, it's that a high, it was a high bar because there's no way our parents would watch more than five minutes of of this movie and and hang around i mean they're instantly going to be turned off right they're instantly oh yeah that's go. the other thing is they don't get it yeah you know yeah it's like ah, we're out of here yeah. you want to watch this stupid crap we're out yeah if there's any boobies turn it off yeah <laughs> weird what's weird is now our my parents generation is in their 70s and 80s and I think they'd actually kind of appreciate it now. Like they would, yeah, they probably would now. More, yeah, more absolutely. than they possibly could have in 1984. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I could see that. Um, my, I mean, that's weird. My mom was always pretty open minded to, to to movies that were a little bit strange. She just couldn't do the violent stuff. So, speaking of Peter Weller, something like RoboCop was, you know, couldn't, oh. couldn't have that in the mm-hmm. house. F that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that right. wasn't happening. But uh, but something like this, she would actually sit and kind of giggle at and say, "Oh, well, this is so weird." And 
but I could see why you like it. You're the creative one. Like that kind of talk. <laughs> it's just not for me. It's just not for me. On. Glad you like it, Still. though. But by the way, this director is mostly known for writing, not directing. He wrote only yeah. two things in his entire Ooh. career. Uh, adventures, or uh, sorry, directed two things in his whole career. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai and Late for Dinner in 91. Oh, yeah. Everything else is oh, writer credits. Like, listen to this stuff. Slither. Freaking. Oh, um, Yeah. Uh, let's see, Big Trouble in Little China is the writer on that, which yeah. has shares a lot with this in terms of the weirdness. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also, he wrote a script for a announced remake of Big Trouble in Little China, which isn't being produced yet, but that's on the record here is something that's happening. He wrote Needful Things when uh, adapted to Stephen King thing. Yeah. Like the dude's got some work behind his belt. He also wrote Stealth, and that was a shitty movie. But let's yeah, not talk we about saw that. they wrote Book Deck, right? <laughs> yeah. No, we haven't yet, but we need to. Oh, we haven't? Yeah, we need to. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. I, I could okay. swear we watched it. Why well, I seen it? I just, I just, I got a point at the film sack meta really, really quick because I think it's amazing that in the last four weeks before this one, we watched Running Scared, Soldier, yeah. Battle Beyond the Stars, and a James Bond movie, and this movie feels like it's a mashup of them, mm-hmm. like a right. perfect mashup of those. <laughs> it does. It does. There's even some fun mouth noises in it, which uh, reminds oh me. Oh my of goodness! <laughs> the other thing, but great. All right, so there's there's an interesting thing that we didn't get. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this movie, but she got cut, and here's why. Yeah, she played Buckaroo's mother in a flashback. The scene was cut out. Uh, the scene is available right. on a recent. She was DVD. getting killed by uh, Michael Myers at that time. So go ahead. <laughs> exactly. She's busy getting <laughs> murdered by a slasher. Um, it is, uh, it's on a DVD release that's fairly recent and, uh, uh, released as an optional prequel to the theatrical version, uh, has a special feature. Jamie Lee Curtis is visible in a photo on the dashboard of the jet car though, in the widescreen version. So it's interesting because that changes everything. I did not know that until you just said it, but I wrote down in my show notes, I thought it was odd that they presented several times. Uh, the 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 concept of uh, who I'm fighting for or remember them and right. it's like you know it's like a picture of a loved one on the on the something wherever you're doing dangerous on the flight here, panel or yeah on the flight yeah. panel exactly and they did that in a couple of different places mm-hmm. um, but when he's in his truck it's just a picture of him and I'm like <laughs> I'm like wow how centric is he that you know it's like right I'm fighting for myself what matters, that's what yeah what for. matters to me me yeah that's a nar- I, that's narcissism at a whole new level right uh, but now that I found out in the widescreen version that you can actually see his mom that actually changes the character completely just from just well one technically little, this is right. the widescreen version on on prime I just I didn't, didn't notice it or, yeah, yeah, yeah right prime just didn't notice it so Anyway. I don't know. I, I looked at the dashboard. I didn't see her at all. Like I said, all I saw was him uh, in a flight suit. Well, now uh, you have a the, job. You got to go back. Yeah, there was a no. There was like a woman cuddling a baby, but I certainly didn't recognize it as uh, as Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, I remember seeing a woman I mean, I mean, later, but it was right. on. Uh, I think it was on Lithgow's. <laughs> it was a baby. <laughs> it was a baby. I the baby and the girl was on Lithgow's uh, uh, dashboard of some sort that he was doing something. Yeah. I can't remember. I'll go back and look. Yeah. It's interesting. I wrote really, it down. You know what? Yeah. Dunaway does this that. Not my first viewing world, nor will it be my last yeah, viewing. Dunaway and usually, like I've said, there's part the parts of this movie are fantastic. There's lots of times where you just want to take a nap. Did you notice and the so, thing didn't even have like it didn't really have a soundtrack? It had intermittent no. uh, mm-hmm. 80s things, Noises. but for the most part, it was like quiet. <laughs> it's it had sax, it had saxophone, it had some Casio. Yeah, the most but music it was, was in the beginning. But it was all very, yeah. you know. 
there was no there was no underlying theme to anything. It just right. There would be lots of moments of just hey, we're going to be quiet here. There's like nothing but yeah. talking, and it, then we'll drive the car. Lended, and, it actually lends to the humor though, because I guess so. Sometimes sometimes shuffling can be funny if if you're like if you have a character who is being stoic in a scene and and you're hearing shuffling walking noises or something yeah shuffling in the background of, <laughs> of somebody you know acting a fool yeah. i agree but also like i am trained to hear musical cues that right, tell right. me that there's something it's time to, like it's time to laugh <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little slide a little slide what? whistle maybe yeah. but i mean like uh, yes obviously there's farcical music cues right, but right. just yeah. in general like i am I am used to, I don't know, uh, desperate housewives, you know, and like oh, the, yeah. the musical, the little musical, uh, cues, let me know that, that there were in a funny moment, not a dramatic moment. Terry Hatcher's right. about to do something zany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. that's, like, that's what she did. She was a zany, zany lady. So and they perfect. were and it was spectacular. Yeah. You mentioned right. perfect Tommy Ibbett and I don't I know did. if he was being sarcastic or not, but Lewis Smith, <laughs> I, I, I recognized him. I still recognize him, but I just don't know what else. I've I don't know if I've ever seen it, it before, but but he was a more compelling that? character. You know, uh, uh, yes. everybody was a more compelling character, except for maybe Reno. Right. I don't know what the story was with Reno, but uh, Clancy Brown, uh, yeah, was I great. really liked. I mean, oh, wanted more, Brown I wanted more so of good. everybody in this film. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> more. I wanted more Dan Hadaya, dude. What are you doing over there just hiding? Dan Hadaya the sitting there next to Schiavelli, uh, 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 right? Yeah. Sitting great. there in the audience and then. Yep. And we don't see Dan Hadaya as a as an alien later, but we see Chevelli a lot. Yeah. What'd you think about uh, Peter Weller's? Uh, what right. you think about uh, uh, Peter Weller's little crooning there? That little him little, singing. I assume that was him. Moment. That little moment. What'd you think? It's fine. Did you like that? I mean, yeah. look, he's to I mean, me, he's RoboCop, and he's that dirt sandwich movie or whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> Naked Lunch or yeah, Naked Lunch. <laughs> A dirt sandwich. <laughs> dirt sandwich. <laughs> Wait, what? Am it's I thinking a, it of needs a, a miracle whip? Oh yeah, Naked Lunch. He played Bill Lee in 1991. See, my only exposure to Peter Weller early in Peter, uh, you know, early on my, before my early exposure to Peter Weller <laughs> would have yeah, been <laughs> it would have been RoboCop and Naked Lunch. Beyond that, I didn't have any reference, so I yeah, didn't yeah. even know he was in this. This is like news Who to was me. He, what was he coming off of here? If I mean, because what? Why did we cast uh, things like of unknown origin? Uh, shoot the moon. Nothing. Just All right, tell me you. what you want. And Butch and Sundance, the early days. Yeah, uh, t- uh, t- uh, yeah. Kentucky Woman. Kentucky Woman. Kentucky Woman. <laughs> he he's played, directed twenty-seven <laughs> things. Yeah, he's he's a busy. Boy. Yeah, I mean, he's a much more talented. Well, I, I think he's talented, and I think that they just don't give him a chance to really develop the character in this one for whatever reason and i'm glad he got robocop because of this and be, it, you know became something that i like a lot more uh oh, from him and i love him I now know. like when he, he shows up living. in something now it's just like he is he is a scene eater now he's great now he, is, he just did like a, a youtube video or some viral video where he talks about uh wearing a mask in covid and he keeps reminding you that he's a uh he has a phd <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. A, does he come across as intelligent? I mean, it does. Oh, it does heck yeah, Peter Weller. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Have you yeah. seen anything okay. with him lately? Because he was great in Longmire. He was amazing in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. He played Charlie. Yeah. He's just a great, crusty old piece of shit. He's in those right. new um, 
uh the new the newer star trek stuff the the jj yeah, first yeah. star trek movies he's great in those or a second they, one anyway right. and they labeled uh, buckaroo bonsai peter weller's character um as a brilliant neurosurgeon shouldn't that be like the lowest bar i mean i don't want an ordinary neurosurgeon <laughs> you want a regular does anybody want a regular right, right, right. shouldn't I mean, all neurosurgeons just be brilliant I know. I mean, it should be like right in the front of it. <laughs> that should oh, yeah. be a default state for a nurse. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, anything awake, less than a wake toll booth operator. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. Can you give me, give me a triple alert on this? Oh, I'm just going to listen. Sure. It. I'll lay it into you right here. He is a neurosurgeon, physicist, music star, spiritual guru, commando yeah. squad leader, globetrotting adventurer, geopolitical consultant who fights hostile aliens, performs rock and roll on multiple instruments, test drives interdimensional experimental vehicles, advises world leaders on how to prevent nuclear war, and studies the unknown. Um, which, which makes me ask, what is he running from? Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's, exactly right. That's too much. That that feels like uh, Kim Jong Il. Like you know what I mean? Like bit, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're just lying. I yeah. see it as you know Superman syndrome, where it's like, all right, so he has every power. Great, what yeah. you know? Yeah. Like but, what but he never he uses has. any of it in this movie. No, like, what's he's just the point stand, of making him all these things. He's when just he only standing really around. I totally yeah, agree with Ibbitt on this. Stylist. He uses that a good bit. I mean, yeah, but I agree see, with he, Ibbitt on this. He doesn't do. He really doesn't do anything. Like it's yeah, like yeah. all the yeah. cool things that he's done. He did before this movie because they right, don't right, show any right. of it here. It's all like. Hey, he's a surgeon. Okay, I'm impressed. He can do the right, testing. Like, what if science. he, you know, like something he had to do where he had to use, uh, like, uh, operate on the ship, like he had to operate on a person, right. and it's like, oh, only Buckaroo Banzai can do this, or um, he needs to be able risking, to strum a guitar it? chord that that busts Big Bootay's ship. Bootay, <laughs> but isn't he risking everything? Isn't that the? Isn't that the? Uh... Is he? The cons- yeah, he's risking everything. What's I mean, he risking? I don't know. Has. What everything. does he have? We don't know what he ha- even has. He's got these everything. friends that look like a a bad eighties band, and and he's got and they are a bad eighties band. Like what else is there? They don't like it. They are. And by the way, one of them is played by Billy Vera. I think that's so funny. Right, yeah. right. Mm. Billy Vera and the Beaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, years before he uh, asked us uh, what. what? Would you think <laughs> if I said at this moment? <laughs> so hold on a second. Is he is he the blonde one? That, that is no, he's not perfect, Tommy. Oh, who am he's I thinking of? Reno, isn't he? He's no, Reno. He is Reno. No, that's that's Pepe. Reno Nevada. Yeah. That's Pepe Serena. Pinky Carruthers is yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I know which guy that is. Yeah, yeah. all their names are dumb. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering what that, <laughs> if you're wondering what that's from, so the overall concept of this thing. Is clearly like Doc Savage, the the old pulp comics from the 30s and there 40s. That's, that's a good. One. The yes. main characters are all multi talented surgeons, adventurers, musicians, and both have an inner circle of sidekicks with nicknames. Uh, in the in the Doc Savage books, it's Rennie, Ham, Monk, and Long Tom. Don't want to meet that mm. guy in an alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, Owen oh, Johnny, and in this one, you got Reno, New Jersey, Perfect Tommy, and Rawhide. So it's just it's totally lifted from that Doc Savage stuff for sure. Oh yeah. Except yeah. Doc Savage did something. He always did stuff. Whereas yeah. uh, freaking uh, Dinky McGinky here, Buckaroo Banzai, didn't, <laughs> didn't do shit. He just kind of walked around and went, hey, I'm the mo- uh, yeah. sort of the most handsome here. Although, I got to say, Clancy, crying? Who's crying? Clancy Brown's a good looking dude in his uh, prime. Wow. He is. Yeah, yeah. actually yeah. looked really good. And yeah. Ellen, uh, Ellen Barkentina walked in. 
She missed she missed like the first half of the movie, so I had to explain what was going on. Oh god, how did you <laughs> get thirty seconds? Um, <laughs> some, some weird crap happened. Sit down. But she's like, "Wow, who's that hottie?" And I said, "That's Ellen Barkin." And yeah. you know, the, re- the most recent thing I think we've seen Ellen I didn't Barkin. Know she was in. a twin. What? <laughs> she's not a twin. The most recent twin? thing we saw Ellen Barkin in was uh, Oceans. The 13, yeah, 13? where she co-runs the hotel with Anthony or Al Pacino, Anthony Pacino, right, right. Anthony Pacino, <laughs> Anthony Pacino, <laughs> Anthony Pacino. Hold on, Ellen Barkin well, is lesser uh, known, uh, the Pacino brother. Her most recent thing is she's in that Animal Kingdom se- series, and she's uh, Hollywood mom, whatever that was. Yeah, not a lot of stuff lately, but yeah, I feel was, like I haven't seen her since forever. Odd, been ages. Yeah. What? What? Such such an odd character that they never really explored mm-hmm. other than i mean they they just took the trope which is the damsel that, in distress like just rode that into the right i mean she was the yeah. damsel in distress but to the extreme and if she had a superpower it would be like being a super extreme uh, damsel in distress as well as uh the the she's the dead lover you know she's she's mm-hmm. she's returned back some way or another apparently you know buckaroo bonsai just explains it away by going oh there's no mystery here don't even think any further about it. You know, you were just a twin that was orphaned or something. So that kind of wiped that whole supernatural thing away, which I kind of thought was interesting. And also kind of thought was kind of sad. And I was like, okay. And they never got a chance to really explore any love interest, but they had like these hints of a love interest. It almost felt as disconnected as, uh, uh, Oh, what am I thinking of? Oh, uh, the giant plant that eats people had oh. Rick Moranis in it. Oh. And it was a musical at Steve Martin. Little Sharp Hearts. So there, it, it's almost <laughs> kind of like that. It's kind of like that. Uh, you, they have an interest in each other, but they yeah. never actually express it. I mean, yeah. they, they talk about it, but they never actually do anything it, about it. The you know, the description earlier, I think Scott gave it of. Uh, of 10 year olds kind of what if yeah. we made a movie it really holds true with that thing too. Like, Oh, and he'll have a girlfriend, but she's going to die. And then he's going to spark kiss her back to life. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's the thing he did. He got electrocuted and but he that, carried around that spark thing. That was the point. And he did that by accident. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like as, as a result of him being aware of a power that he had and using it. Good. Like the really the only thing he does that's of uh, you know like of that sort of ilk is go to a, a jail and talk to a person that he misunderstood and get her, get her out of jail. jail. Yeah. No, no, not just any jail. Woman's woman's prison. What it was? Woman's therapist. He's a therapist. That's what he right. is. He's a therapist. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. need to talk to to Buckaroo. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the over sorry the oscillation overthruster device that uh, yeah. he would get, keep going talk about mm-hmm. uh, reappeared as a spectral analyzer on Star Trek: The Next Generation in eighty seven. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the exact so, device, which is pretty great. It's and they cool. showed another device too, and it looked a lot like the flux capacitor. Yeah, well, it was yeah, of, his the triangular uh, yeah, thing yeah. in his jet Pulse. his jet car. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, even the car kind of reminds me of the first run through of the DeLorean. Yeah, a little bit. It also yeah. was, I don't know, it had kind of a, that first screenshot you shared in our, in our, uh, oh, chat thing. For sure. It looked mm-hmm. like a video game. I was like, what video game yeah. are you playing? That looks like some kind of cool post. Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a worm's eye view, uh, behind one of the most, one of the, the, the most satisfying scenes in the film to me is him being out in the flats 
and it's after he's gone through the dimensions and he just he just rolls out of the uh, the vehicle and just rolls in the ground they get this great worm eye view of uh of him kind of like rolling into frame and the car just slowly rolling and the and you and you're hearing the 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 crunching i mean it, it i thought that was just one of the most it was great i think the first 20 moment. minutes of that movie are great i think i right. i, I mm-hmm. put into our thing i said oh my gosh i'm really enjoying this so far it's yeah. it kind of goes yeah. weird after that but yeah that's an understatement but it but yeah, it, once you get mike ehrman trout and in uh, getting uh, john lithgow <laughs> <laughs> in jail that's kind of where the movie just goes sideways yeah it just I gets did, weird i did have i didn't have to pause the movie and have a talk with my brain because uh <laughs> Because it starts, it starts with him. First of all, he doesn't know if the interdimensional Ford truck. It was a Ford truck. Oh my god! Was it Ford? I thought it was a Chevy. I kept trying to figure it out because I like the uh, emblem like a Chevy, but the truck kind of like a Ford. And I was like, I'm like looking at could, it right now. Why couldn't we have made that cooler? That car right. cooler. But anyway, uh, he, the interdimensional Ford truck. He doesn't know if it's going to work. He could just be committing suicide for all he knows. And I don't think someone this talented and, and worldly is going to just go, uh, you know, throw his life away for the death wish. But, yes, wish. okay, sure. But I, I had to stop the movie and go, okay, but what, what's the deal with driving into the, uh, pile of rocks that they kept calling a mountain wall? Uh, I don't mm-hmm. like, like what he, they talked about it right, later. He, right. But could he have, he, you know, it was really just a achieving, a uh, an alignment of the lasers to get him into the other dimension. He didn't actually have to go through something. Right. Actually, but actually he, according he to what going, he's going through matter the whole time. That's what you're doing. Right. You are on the surface of the earth. You're going through the matter of the atmosphere. So right. I just didn't, it just bugged me that they, they had to have this thing with the pile of rocks that they call a mountain. Well, they, and like, the reason why is because he had to have a look ex- explainer later on. Once again, not good science. No, it's terrible, and that's what I'm saying. Apparently I, I missed that movie. <laughs> I had to stop the movie and tell my brain, "Okay, give up, man. Like you, you right, right. Go for the ride here, and don't don't think about this too much." And then I I kept doing it, and I wish I wish that the movie had satisfied my urge to check my brain at the door, but it right. it couldn't. It could not. That's because they kept asking you to somewhat like like some of the like some of the chatter early on. Uh, when they're when they're prepping for uh, the the test flight of the you know the jet truck, uh, it's actually they use just enough terms to almost make it plausible, but it but without sounding I, that was really hard because it's hard to make all those checks sound like real things without sounding stupid and they kind of pulled that part off. And mm-hmm. so it almost feels like your brain wants to engage. Like it almost wants to find traction. But then like you said, they, they jerk you out into some, you know, weird thing. Like, like when he like jerks off the track and he takes off the track so that he can go in a different direction. I'm like, well, you sped up the film and it just looks stupid because that's not how it would angle out of there. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. But then what you said, rustle your brain down, yeah. sell down brain. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's <clears throat> it's hardly the least feasible thing in the film. <laughs> right, right. Like Yakov Smirnoff, that was like, what? Yakov okay, Smirnoff what? for like five seconds bringing right. over TV. Yeah. yeah, what was, that was weird. <laughs> He's Buckaroo Banza. He's on TV for you. In what a country. Always <laughs> forgiven. <laughs> All right. It's actually a, a time in yeah. the history of entertainment 
Wait, there was literally two Russians in, in all of English. The Western world, English-speaking entertainment, had two Russians, and one of them was Yakov Smirnoff. Yeah, what was the other one? The dancer guy? Who was the guy? other one? Yeah. Was it the dancer dude from White Knights? Is that who you're thinking uh, of? Oh, uh, Mikhail Baryshnikov? Yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Mikhail I, I think you're right. Those were our two... Those were our two go-tos for Russian entertainment. <laughs> You're right. It's so. You funny. want the Russian? You have two choices. <laughs> you have you have dance. You have fun, funny comedy man. Yeah, funny comedy man. It was never that funny. Uh, anyway, hey, uh, I got some scrutiny. Scrutiny. All right, I'd like Please. to throw a little scrutiny at this particular piece of trivia. It says this. This is the complete quote. Ron, Ronald Lacey was dubbed. By a well-known American actor. That's the whole post. You don't say that and don't tell us who it is. <laughs> tell us who the uh, who, who the well-known American yeah. is. So uh, Ronald Lacey was the president on yeah. the attraction bed. Right. I don't get that either, but okay. And we we don't know anything that. more about. No, nothing. It just huh. says a well-known American actor, and and. Are we to just assume, like, is it so well known that anybody anywhere would just go, oh, yeah, of course, he's, uh, uh, it's freaking, what's, you know, we don't know. You know, yeah. maybe put trivia in here. This stuff is sourced by, you know, readers of IMDb. So whoever did that, sh- freaking shame on you, dude. <laughs> and he was taught. Is that why you had Indiana Jones in your intro? What? Uh, which one? Oh, no, uh, I had okay. I had Indiana Jones in my intro because that movie, the fourth Indiana Jones movie, was made like 15 or 20 years after this one. Mm-hmm. How dare they? Like, <laughs> well, this is the thing to the earth for that. Mm-hmm. That actor was taught was, uh, you know, the the circular glasses wearing melty guy from Raiders of the Lost oh, Ark. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There were other things I didn't make that, that connection. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, I didn't either. But that was how many years previous? That would have been 81. Two, three, yeah, two years. Right, yeah, two, three yeah. years is all. Something like that, yeah. Uh, that guy would, yeah. There were some ra- uh, there were some Asian stereotypes going on mm, a couple times but, in this movie. Where yeah, like, oh, are you going to mention Hori Torito? Yeah, Hori Torito. <laughs> it certainly, uh, certainly compared to other films of that same time period was, <laughs> was pretty, you know, they... They didn't go too far. No, I mean, no, they they're way, they're way worse examples. That. Yeah, if you're looking for worse God, examples in the oh, 80s, yeah. we can give you some yeah. worse examples. Yeah, Lundak, Don, sure. We've seen way worse than this, but yeah, it was, it's, it's, uh, do we, yeah, uh, do we have a what gross got out the most? Because I have two guesses. Uh, there definitely is one here. I'll go ahead and play it. Gross. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's either uh, when uh, Buckaroo Banzai steals a lollipop from the girl that's walking around. Uh, <laughs> In the uh, before they watch the holographic video, okay. right, right, or it's the spit trail that connects Ellen Barkin's lips oh, to the bottle right. when she's crying in the nightclub. Was, that's a good there, one. You're really close. There's still one. Was it just John more. Lithgow's uh, asylum? Because that whole area was full of nasty. <laughs> oh, putting stuff on his tongue, putting the yeah. uh, electrodes on his tongue. Yeah, that was oh, gross, was but nasty. still not, still not quite there. Oh, any right. guesses? Any other guesses? Randy, you got anything? The whole movie was so gross. <laughs> pretty nasty. A lot I mean, of slime and yeah. Okay, for me right. it was lick your hand and then mash it on the Japanese guy's forehead. That's gross. Okay. Right. <laughs> I can see that. That's not bad. Yeah, it's That's gross. Yeah. It's freaking yeah. gross is it's what gross. it is. So don't do that. All the other those are all good calls though. Good runners up. But uh for me I thought for sure we'd get a spit trail gif in the uh right the film sack discord. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you know this what? Movie, now that you say it again, oh, that's a bad one. That's when you just do another take. You're like, yeah. uh, spit trail. Let's do another take on on that. Are spit yeah, trails yeah. ever effective? No, no. And the only no. time a spit trails ever worked for me is for an upcoming recommendals I'm doing on TMS this week for a show I won't reveal because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for Brian. But too late. It's uh, there's oh, a spit oh trail. God. There's a spit trail use in it that I think actually works, and I am. Like I am spit hard. trail is actually a character in the movie. <laughs> and his name is Spit Trail. <laughs> but no, it's like I think it's. It's the only time I've ever seen Spit Trail used in a way that worked for me and that didn't just completely disgust me. So Brian, the, the, I'm holy Toledo. I'm excited. <laughs> right. This was an actor. This was an actor named Sal uh, Iva. Sal Iva. It was the name Sal of the actor. Iva. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sal Iva. They just called him Spit sure. for short. Yeah. Um, sure. How much of the writing meeting uh, do you think they spent thinking up John? Did he had a meeting? Yeah, I think they had a couple <laughs> of meetings, and it was mostly. It's mostly booze and uh, figuring out last names for Johns. Mm. What do you think? It might be. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think they took much time on that stuff at all. I think they you don't just think sort so? of John Big Booty. Up. That's a pretty good one. Booty, uh, excuse me, Booty. It's got that e. It's got that slash. No, I mean, e Big it. Booty was a lot funnier back right. then. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. How about, it wasn't, how about it wasn't John, the subject about, of a thousand uh, rap songs. What about John Smallberries? <laughs> yeah, Smallberries. John Smallberries, I think, was the best one. But they really weren't trying when they like had John O'Connor. Yeah. Right. 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 I started out watching this movie with my 10 year old and uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that it was, it was a PG before they invented PG 13. I right. didn't come to right. mind. I didn't think, Oh, I wonder if this is actually a PG 13 movie and it just hasn't gotten to that rating yet. But uh, yeah, it wasn't for him. It was, it was a little mature for him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I stopped after about 30 minutes and watched the rest of it without him. Right. But uh, up to that point, he had thoughts and they were all about things like, uh, all of these characters named John, he was just like, uh, this, like, it's like they were trying to make a bad movie. That's my, child yeah. that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. Like that's supposed to be a joke, yeah. right? It's supposed to be funny, yeah. but it's never They're funny. all named John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he there. I, that sort of thing. I, gives me hope in the future because it means that our our kids are less and less fooled by stupidness. You know what I mean? Like right. yeah. you can see through yeah. it and it's not like he, he can hear that and go, yeah, that's just too easy. It's too easy. Like, well, and that's, and that's primarily, I, I have hope because my kid has grown up watching such high concept, high brow kid stuff like yeah. Steven universe and gravity falls and so on and so on like, mm-hmm. because of that he has expectations you know and i'm glad for that i want that oh no that's great that's my kids i feel that way about my kids as well it's like uh they're, they're older obviously but they they grew up on stuff that was just better for their brains than the stuff we had and i don't mean it's <laughs> some, some kind of moral judgment what i'm saying is in the 80s, we had Super Friends, and it was ridiculous. You know, we had right. other bad mm-hmm. cartoons. What did He-Man teach us? Nothing. It taught us nothing. What? Even the Hold PSAs on. didn't teach us Wait, anything. Did you just say He-Man <laughs> taught you nothing? He-Man taught me nothing, Dunaway. Argue the other side. <sighs> Tell me what he taught me. What did he teach me? My God. They, oh, and, oh, no. You know what? It taught me uh, how to be cheap and frugal with how many frames of animation <laughs> I'm willing to use. <laughs> Right. It taught me to conserve my frames. How about that? I hear you, but I want to. I do want to argue the opposite because He Man wasn't really there to teach you a a more complicated lesson than be good. Good beats evil. Yeah, like that. That's what. Like 
we just hadn't it never had occurred to the people making entertainment for children that they needed to go past exciting and fun plus the most basic morals you can think of yeah. you know and that, yeah. that's fine like it didn't it didn't turn out a generation of psychopaths no it no just, not not at all i don't mean that i just mean it's such an oversimplification and has zero nuance like it's just it's mm-hmm. just, you know, let's use G.I. Uh, Joe, for example. Cobra bad, G.I. Joe good. Done. Mm-hmm. You're oh, done. What are you talking about? There's a whole segment at the end of each of those episodes that tells you something. What they learned. Wanted. Yeah, which yeah, is horseshit. What, what the lesson of the episode was. Because all that was, was that was a <laughs> required, that was an FCC requirement that they use yeah. some of their time to do a PSA, and they were all right. throwaway PSAs. They were not good. It's a tack on. Somebody sitting in a, in a writer's room going, oh, God, how are we Whatever. We were all this? high on sugar cereal anyway. Did it matter? <laughs> Exactly right. No, no, it didn't matter. Yeah. We were high on sugar cereal. Like I say, the the goal was to keep us occupied in front of a television, and I'm just really glad that the goals have gotten better. I also yeah. feel like the the something like GI Joe never had consequences. Everybody ejected safely. Nobody died, and it was all everybody was safe at the end, including right. the even, bad guys. Even Cobra Commander. Even yeah. Cobra Commander. <laughs> even even uh, the other guy that was the metal guy that ran around with them. I forgot his name. Oh my gosh! I can't think of his name. Um, can we Destro? Can we Destro. please have Metal Face? <laughs> Destro, can we please have some eighties trivia on the next battle? Hold Royale? on, I know, I know Destro. I've been I've been watching it. I just forgot for a second. But anyway, the point is this. Like, I love that stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's some cheese and it's great. But there were no there was no fallout. Like nothing really had consequences. Yeah. The comic books, yes, those were different. Oh my god, I was eight. I didn't need to know about that. But that's my point. There are things for eight-year-olds now where I'm not saying they're showing horrible deaths and loss, but they are touching on issues that kids need to understand or or help understand. I actually worry you should turn the TV off and talk to your kids. (laughs) I actually worry about that. I actually worry I worry that that Steven Universe is presenting too many adult themes too early Mm. to people. Like Mm. gosh, that show is so full of every possible emotional disaster that you can foist onto every character, you know? Yeah. Uh, At the same time, it's also fun. Like it's they're coming up with original music, which is something I don't remember ever being presented with as a kid no you know like all repeated when you were a kid it was all cheap yeah yeah. the other thing too is this is an important part of this discussion and then we can move back to this other dumb movie we watched but uh (laughs) hey people dumb is the people uh, that are making the 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 new stuff now the steven universes of today the you know the the adventure times of the today whatever spongebob even whatever all of those guys and ladies are of our generation. They're the ones that grew up with She-Ra and He-Man. They're the ones that grew up yes. with with Super Friends and you know uh, Brave Star and all those dumb cartoons. Hey, and Brave Star wasn't dumb. But hold on a second. <laughs> so now here they are in their time in their time now making something more nuanced. I don't think that's a surprising thing because they grew up with the inspiration of what they saw and they want to take it further. I think that takes that makes total sense to me. Now back to Brave Star for just a second. I like Brave Star a lot. I think it's great. It's He-Man in space, basically, with uh, a sheriff and a talking horse, and it's great. I love that show. But what did you think about Thundar the Barbarian? I like it also, but none Tread of it's carefully. But Go none ahead. of it's good. It's not good. Not not really good. I mean, it's cheesy good. It's fun good. It's you know dumb good. But there's not no, Thundar the Barbarian. Uh, it's not. It's like the original Space Ghost, and I don't mean Coast to Coast, which is what most people associate right. with Space Ghost. Right, no, but the actual original Space yeah, that Ghost. Was yeah, it was horrendous. Uh, <laughs> like, it's so bad. But I, I love that they exist. Together. Yeah. I don't want them to go away. 
you know, I want that right. stuff to be. Available. Would you have watched a Saturday morning cartoon of the adventures of Buckaroo, Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension? Would you have watched that? Oh, yes. Oh, totally. Yes, would. I would oh, yeah, have. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I still, I still I think I'd watch it today if it were done by yeah. the right people. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. And that's, that's actually the whole point is that the time moves on and these things sort of can end up looking really bad because they're locked in the past. But like I, I promise you, twenty years from now, like Justified will look so old and like corny, and like really? the acting could have been so much better. But at the time, oh, you know, like, I don't know. a show like Justified comes along, and we're like, "This is awesome! This is like if somebody thought about Walker Texas Ranger and made it actually have a story and so on," you know? Yeah. And like, like that's just how media works. Where you know, like sure. I, I promise you, Buckaroo Banzai made just two years later would have been such a better movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. The exceptions of like things like um, if you look at it in movies, like the Godfather movies, the first two anyway, and like Apocalypse Now. I'm not trying to just stay in the, that same director's thing here, but those movies look like they were made yesterday and they hold up. They don't feel right. right. Dated. I'm not. I'm not saying as you go back in time, things get bad. That's that's not clearly clearly not true. Right. Uh, like I actually think film sack. I uh, just talk about our meta film sacks existence is to prove that you can love movies and watch movies of all tiers of quality yeah. and still love movies. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Also, hey, let's get more meta one layer down. You can go listen to really old episodes of film sack and still have a good time. Those are <laughs> those early episodes are fun. So, Hey, you may be able to, I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I listen to them and I go, oh my God. Yeah. That's how I am with the ELR. I, Any ELR was I, stuff. Two hundred thirty pounds. Early instance, early old ELR stuff. I can't do. I can't listen to it. Right. Hey, oh. Brian, don't know You will not make fun of people who weigh two hundred and thirty pounds. Hey, I but <laughs> I weigh two hundred thirty pounds, and I sounded like it. Dream of a day. I wish two hundred thirty pounds. Like do I sound like I weigh? Jesus. No, not at all. But I did. I mean, I wore my fat around my throat. Apparently, because <laughs> I go back and listen to it. It's like. <laughs> I mean, I'm at 243 right now. I'd love to be back at 230. That'd be great. But I'm, I'm only 5'10", so, so yeah, I'm six I was four. Round. It's different. It's different when you're when you're taller, you weigh more. That's what I've learned. Right. Uh, all right, chicken the bucket. Here's here's what I think it is. Grab a bucket. It's uh, the watermelon. That yeah, uh, they talked about it. They actually mm, talked about the watermelon, right? But they didn't explain it, right? Right. Because right. Jeff Bogobloom walks in and goes, well, so, hey, what's with the what's watermelon? And he goes, oh, it's a long story. I'll tell you later. And then they never say anything about it again. That was, that was so a gag. So it's yeah. actually it's actually a trope. This is a trope. Is like this is not trope? an example of a trope. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Like what's, this is a trope. When, what's you, the trope. when you make a joke out of pointing at something and then you never explain it. Like, okay. We're supposed to just yeah. laugh. Wasn't that just it's the MacGuffin? reverse of the Chekhov's gun, right? It's the it's never see that again. Chekhov's inside joke. Yeah. Chekhov's uh, n- nuclear wessel. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what I mean. Well, uh, I know, I would, go ahead. It's it's a the trope itself is called cow tools. It's based on a Gary uh, Larson cartoon yeah, course, about a, a comic about a, a cow standing in front of their workbench, right? Yeah, and, you got so much uh, slack and over. So, <laughs> he did right Explain yeah it. yeah uh so there's, so there's two explanations here about why is there a watermelon there so one team bonsai had a zany scheme to end world hunger via airdroppable watermelons and they only realized they'd blown a fortune after successfully cultivating a watermelon that required 
industrial equipment to cut, <laughs> right? Because it has to be strong enough to survive the drop. So out of universe, out of universe, the production team was so tired of the executive meddling going on in the filming of the movie that they started shooting crazy scenes just to wear out the execs and make them leave. So the watermelon scene came and went with no fanfare and they realized they had achieved protection from the editors and could proceed nice. to do whatever they wanted. Mm. Nice. There you go. Well, That's well formulated. Researched. Right. Researched. I think we, uh, I think we can do some, we have some clips here. Would you, would you like to hear them? These clips? Oh my gosh. I was so curious about the clips because at some points I was like, there's gonna be nothing, nothing to capture. And other times I was like, wow, all kinds of weird noises. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, not as many as usual, but there's a few. Um, let's start with this one from Jeff Goldblum. This line is is as Jeff Goldblumy as you freaking get. Enjoy. See, this is the point where, for me, it started to look like a problem. I mean, you know, I wanted to sacrifice the procentral vein in order to get some exposure, but because of this guy's normal variation, I got excited, and all of a sudden, I didn't know whether I was looking at the procentral vein or one of the internal cerebral veins, or the vein of Galen, or the basilar vein of Rosenthal. So, on my own, me at this point, I was ready to say, "That's it. Let's get out." All that was missing was just a few, uh, like you know, like weird hesitations and stuff. <laughs> and, and I want to believe, just because of all the stuff we've seen Jeff Goldblum in, that that's a completely improvised line. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> he, did, he studied and memorized all of that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's he, uh, he's just the same in everything, and don't ever. Change changes all on exactly yeah. this was the same year by the way was it 84 i think 84 that they that he was in silverado he's great oh, in silverado, silverado by the way great in that hmm. plays some city slicker dude who uh, comes to town and has a gun in his pants he's great <laughs> has a gun in his pants <laughs> yeah or is he just glad to see me or no right. it's not it's not his pants his pant leg like his uh he could quickly kick his foot up and his like an he'd have ankle a holster kind of thing. Yeah, right. yeah. he must have he must have saved some of that uh, uh, skill because he he did a little gun spin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah. little right. Little, it was uh, a cowboy around around gun. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. in that yeah. movie, he dressed like a proper cowboy though. Not this weird thing he was in here. This freaking, what are you saying? This woody <laughs> woody ass looking <laughs> whatever that was he was wearing. All right, Clancy Brown speaks. Dr. Bonsai is using a laser to vaporize a pineal tumor without damaging the quadrigeminal plate. Uh, a little bit of cane, a little bit of... Uh, Dr. Bonsai. Yeah, a little bit of Mr. Krabs in there. Can you hear it? <laughs> um, okay, let's see. They do... Let's see. I don't know what this is. This is Chase One. We got his tracks. They go right up to a wall of rock. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That guy. Holy shit. He's great. He's excited. Yeah. yeah. And and it feels very much like you've used him in previous clips in different podcasts. It does feel that way, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It feels like the bees, bees, millions of bees guy. Oh, it totally does. Mm-hmm. He right down to the right down to like he sounds like he's on a phone, kind yeah. of thing, like on a speaker, kind yeah. of. Yeah, isn't that weird? That's weird yeah. to me. But anyway, he's great. We'll use this all the time. Holy shit! All right, moving on to <laughs> our first taste of some uh, Asian, well, some pretty bad Asian stereotype voices. Here you go. Holy Holy Toledo. Holy Toledo. What's that behind him? Holy Toledo. Oh, it was the machine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was that the machine? I thought that was him riding off of the motorcycle. Well, it was that like night? a bl- 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 chainsaw almost. Holy Toledo. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. No, it's actually just a guy back there going, <laughs> going raspberries with it. Yeah. Really is. Look, oh, practical yeah. effects. That was the way in 84. That's how yeah. we did it. Here's uh, John Lithgow making noises. <laughs> All right, there's that. <laughs> Man uh, who's made career out of being weird. Yep. 
Beautiful. J- Jonathan Banks, a.k.a. Mike Ermintrout, shows up. Cheer up, Lazard. Oh, it's Friday. And I care package from your yo-yo friend. F you. Uh, I want to believe that... that uh, Banks sounded like that when he was 16, right? Like he always has sounded like Michael. <laughs> yeah, Trump, you right? know, he probably did when he was, you know, when his voice <laughs> dropped one day, everyone was like, whoa, listen to that guy. Dad, I really want to borrow the car. <laughs> <laughs> Can I please have the keys to the car, Dad? <laughs> I, you just made me realize that Lithgow has a, an old man actor career ahead of him. Yeah. He's where doing he, it Where now. he stops being weird. Yeah, and he's like... He becomes like, I don't know, like he he wins an Oscar for playing a, a you know, a crotchety. He becomes Clint Eastwood, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oscar. He's pretty close to that now. I he's think kind he's of almost now, touched yeah. on some of those already. I mean, he's in his like the, late 60s or the 70s. Reboot or of the, the most recent reboot of The Planet of the Apes, the first one. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. he plays, he has Alzheimer's. I mean, he's right on the cusp of greatness. He was great in there. the same year as uh, Footloose. Oh, like, weird. He's telling the kids not to dance. But I, I do remember seeing him in... Uh, the world according to Garp as a cross-dressing friend of Robin Williams. That's right. Yeah, that's right. weird to he's think. Like, he's this like is... the only one who can play that character, you know, at yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah, oh, at yeah. the time, sure. And, and, and like the old man who's who's somehow interesting to <laughs> the Academy, you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. a that's something that a lot of people go for. Well, he's got a number of nominations already. He's probably headed toward that the thing you're saying. Um, he was great, by the way, quick recommendation in that uh first season of the new Perry Mason thing that's on uh, oh, yeah, HBO yeah. played yeah. a, uh, an aging lawyer in that. And he was fantastic. And I say played because maybe he won't be there season two. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I said played because that would be a spoiler. Because now, his character may not still be around, but he was great in it. Um, all right. Here's uh oh, and remember when he was Churchill in that uh, crown thing on uh, yes. Netflix? Oh, yeah. Yeah. such a uh, so good transformation. Total. Transformation. Well, that was the one Wikipedia he got. The talks about him and his wife separating, and uh, you know when he had an affair with uh, actress Liv Ullman in 1980, yeah, like, and okay. yeah, <laughs> like, oh man, I'd I'd go on and edit my own Wikipedia page if somebody put that right. On there, right? Yeah, I'd do that. Did you need to really put this on here. This is yeah, my ex-wife. Yeah. I'd do that. That's a good idea. Somebody edited mine and said, he steals all his drawings from other people, <laughs> which, I don't, funny, which I don't do. But anyway, that's someone, funny, though. someone that's else a, fixed like, it. Just well, as, I'll, as still, con- I'll stop writing it. Yeah. As a concept, like one of the things that you have to get over when you learn to draw is that you're going to be just doing the same thing that other people have done. Yeah. Well, if right? I draw Mario, his I think this person's idea of stealing is, uh, oh, he did a ver- he drew a version of Mario. Uh, therefore, so he stole fan it. art he considered oh. to be stealing. Yeah, that's what I he, think he thinks. Like he drew a version of Batman, but it was fat, <laughs> but it was still a copy of Batman. <laughs> it was fat, man, but oh, still Batman. Well, that brings me back. All right. Here's uh, this accent of uh, Lithgow. It's pretty weird. Laugh for a while you can, monkey boy. Okay. It's supposed to be <laughs> no, Italian, I guess. Like, yeah. That was, it's funny because they, there are points when he sounds Russian and then other points where he sounds Italian. So he sounds Italian before his, his entrance into the multidimension. And then he's possessed with, I assume, is a Russian version of the aliens. Okay. Sure. I'm not saying it's a good explanation. <laughs> I'm just saying it was continuity was there. In this film, that is a plausible concept that right. you just described. <laughs> All right. Here is that thing uh, uh, Ibbett so eloquently used in his intro. Enjoy. Hey, 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 no. <laughs> don't be mean. <laughs> we don't have to be mean because 
Remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Okay. Jeez, Robocop. <laughs> Spoken by Pig Killer in, uh, I looked it up, in uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, a year later. Pig Killer. Yeah. There you go. But but a part of uh, Buddhist principles, and that's that's where it was first. Oh, um, that's why right. it's a thing I thought was universally used for. Yep. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As I was looking it up, I kept running into people saying that there was like a fad of Confucius say jokes in the seventies. Yeah. And that this was one of them. And a lot of those are made up. The most of them, if not all, you know, like all those Confucius say, it is better to buy a pizza than to eat it, or whatever. You always knew that. You always knew what that stuff was fake. What is the sound of one hand clapping? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, that stuff was always like, okay, no one really said this, but boy, we sure had fun right. saying it. All right, here's um, uh, uh, oh yeah, here you go, John Big Booty. Uh huh. John Big Booty. John Big Booty. Uh huh. <laughs> it's kind of funny that I just realized that he's in real life. He's a John himself. Yeah, there were oh, multiple Johns. Sorry. Jonathan uh, uh, Banks. Uh, John, John Banks. but he wasn't a. But he wasn't. Uh, a John, John, yeah. Oh, oh um, I see. What you're John saying. Lithgow became John Warfin. Oh, right, right, right. good point. Yeah. Right, John and Lithgow. Big booty. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Lithgow in Icelandic means big booty. How have, <laughs> how have we not? Amazing. How have we not even mentioned? We haven't even said the term, the name. Oh no, what's wrong with my brain? Uh, who plays uh, Who plays Doc Brown? What's wrong with me? Uh, oh, Christopher Lloyd. We oh, haven't right. even mentioned Christopher Lloyd today. Right, right. Destro. Okay, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that he hasn't come up. Right. I have some lines from him, but it's it's weird. All right, here's uh, Jonathan Banks making a choking, dying sound. <laughs> All right, uh, we got one more time just for those at home who are not paying attention. Okay, there you go. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, science fiction and snails was a thing, apparently. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen a second reference to a, a snail-shaped thing oh, in yeah. space. One yeah. battle beyond the stars. Yeah. 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 No, good call. Oh, right. The ship itself was, was snail-shaped, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amongst other things. Oh, those drones. Those, <laughs> the ship's That's like the most G-rated thing we can say it looked like. Yeah. Right, 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 the right. thing this week was, oh, these are bad ship designs. What happened in the 80s? What were we doing? Yeah. I do kind of like the the uh, alien spaceship as being like just a big chunk of coral. Mm. Yeah, I liked I liked this the uh, the the satellite spaceship that was kind of like in orbit, but then the uh, I, I guess the little pod yeah. that was supposed to destroy everything at the end. It was it was oddly shaped. That didn't bother me as much as the fact that it was pretty much the same color as the aliens themselves, which made me think it'd be weird to fly around a ship that was flesh colored. I don't know if that would. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Like a big uh, Cronenberg ship. <laughs> right. Sounds to be the first time we've seen a movie where the main good guy kills the main bad guy's spaceship without even looking at it. Like when Not you're facing completely it. other directions. Yeah, that was out weird, right? That I had the yeah. same feeling. I was like, that has never been done. It's an anticlimactic. All right, a little bit to the left. No, my left. No, your left. Okay, you you killed it. We won. Yeah, it would have been like the battle for (laughs) Hoth. It would have been like uh, Luke in the front, dude in the back. And if the dude in the back would have wasted something and Luke never saw it, it would have been like that. This is a very weird. Are we done? Did we finish it? Did did we we save the world? We rolled the end credits, which, which, again, we didn't even talk about the end credits. But my favorite thing about the movie is the end credits. The end credits are amazing. Just this music video of everybody walking around the the basin, the Los Angeles... uh, uh, it would waterway. be 10 years until Tombstone would do the exact same thing. 
the exact same walk. Oh, really? Yep. Did they do that to the other tombstone? They did, and they didn't have music like this. It was whatever, but it was while they ran the credits, said who was who, and people who had died during Tombstone during the film were back to walk in the group. Oh, I like that. Just okay. like... Cool. Uh, right, and so in the middle of the story, they had all taken time out to be together. Yeah. That's yeah, what it was yeah, like. that's kind of okay. what the implication is because Clancy Brown is dead in the movie. But oh, here he is walking with everybody at the end. So talking it's like uh, it's like the build me a buttercup song at the end of uh, what's happened to Mary or whatever. Who's <laughs> what's happened Mary? to Mary? Happened to Mary. <laughs> How did Frank's get a Mary? There's something about Mary. <laughs> Destro. That's all right. That's better than <laughs> naked lunch and dirt sandwich. You did <laughs> dirt sandwich. <you're> fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of uh, Brian Ibbett, we got a clip here sent to me by, I think this time from your mom. Uh, this is also prom night. I don't know where the hell she got all this, but this one's interesting because it seems like you were impatient with the girl and maybe her, you know, your advances were being rebuffed a little bit. And okay. here's what you said to her. I'd like to uh, move this thing uh, along. There you go. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a lot of work. I wish somebody would assemble all of the Brian's uh, uh, prom night audio into a timeline, into a uh, nice. Well, that'd put be them in a chronological order. Oh, and, and describe. That'd be great, <laughs> Jamie. We're looking at you, buddy. Get in there. Yeah. Get what's the What's the ten uh, year anniversary of Film Sack? Uh, it's already. I mean, twenty twenty. I mean, 20, 20 year, I mean. <laughs> we're heading toward episode 500, though. That's a pretty big milestone. Yeah. There's probably a name for what I'm about to call for, but that assemblage of clips. Needs to have some bow chicka bow wow music, and yeah. what what is that called? What do you what do we call uh, porn? What do we call porn, porn music? Mm, porn music. I think is all. Porn we music call it, is right? uh, adequate title. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Thank you. So, <laughs> it porn. was Destro. I like porno. Yeah, Destro music. That's what we call it. All right, porno here. music is absolutely yeah w- uh, worse and uh, better. And worse and better at the same time. time. Yep. Uh, I used this earlier, but I like it. Launch thermal pod. Okay, launch thermal pod. Do that. That's what he shot him from the thermal yep. pod. The yeah. thermal pod. Uh, this music is really old and odd and weird. So here it is. Like everyone, get a Casio keyboard. We need it. We need theme songs. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is that is that from this movie or is that from Cobra Kai? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they use a lot of? Uh, do they go a retro? lot of stuff that feels like that? Yeah, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know if they'd yeah. do that or not. I really just need to watch. And I don't it. think it's intentional. We can afford this. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. All right, here's putting something down. Got two guns in my hand. Put one of them down. All oh, the two rednecks. I love those guys. Oh, oh, yeah. They were trying to make sense of that ball, and then the one guy threw the gun in the water. What a dummy. All right, uh, here's another one. I ain't putting the guns down. I ain't putting them down. I ain't putting them down. Uh, it's another PG moment. Ah, oh, see, I told you, I told you, leave it alone. Okay, there's that. Uh, here's Doc Brown. Here's a little Christopher Lloyd. We'll just go ahead and start breaking it down. Don't touch it. Oh, geez, all right. You you could have told me that was from another Christopher Lloyd movie. Yeah, like, absolutely. You cannot, you cannot tell his characters apart. Nope. Uh, and also, well, this is a year before Back to the Future, so his true life's work had not quite begun. You could go right. back to his career and go, oh, he was great in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and a little small part in that. He was great on Taxi. Like, uh, boy, uh, that guy's great. Everyone loves Christopher Lloyd. You know, He's a funny dude. But you we don't realize like- how, I mean, like, the very next year, he was absolutely white-headed for, for Back to the Future. So, well, they I mean, faked that. He still had... It wasn't was that, real. Was, that wasn't his real hair. Yeah, that was a wig. No, no, but 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Just make sure we that was a wig. Well, it was yeah, a, it was I, a I wig. Was he wasn't that old. The thing is, his he's he's now old enough to look like Doc Brown always looked. <laughs> right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like that's how we all saw Doc Brown. He's that now, I think. Yeah. But he, uh, but that would be, you know, a moment for him. And this right leading up to it, this is just such a little whimper of a role. It's just like not a big deal. Although he gets to flip that dude off or flips off uh, John Lithgow oh, in the most amazing way. Off. It's the best flip ever. Yep. Yeah. It's a great the most bird. aggressive. That thing, you can feel the ammunition coming off of that. Yeah. Thing. And His that dude, arms are so long. It feels like he's like, yeah, those normal length yeah. of arms. I don't know. That's just and that dude from uh, what's the, this, the Swayze clay movie. With the, oh, ghost. I was going to say with the ghost. <laughs> the, Swayze Clay. Clay movie. <laughs> the one where, where he's making clay with the ghost. He's the ghost. Anyway, that guy's in that, the curly haired, tall, weird dude, that actor. I can't think of his name. Yeah, he's the, he's the, he's the, the angry Chanel. ghost. Yeah. yeah. He's the one who he's teaches. The angry uh, ghost who pushes. He's the one that, he's the one that kick the can. Exactly. Yeah. He's the one that looks the most like himself in the alien makeup. Even, yeah. <laughs> Even the lack of chin. Yeah. <laughs> they did do this weird thing with the, with, with the costuming that made them really look like the characters that were underneath. It was, yeah. it was kind of impressive. That guy died young. It bums me out. Yeah. Where is his? I always uh, think of him uh, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was great in that. He was in the one of the Matrix movies. Um, he was at the train station in the Matrix. Uh, uh, was he? Are you sure? Am I doing that wrong? Are you sure you're not thinking about Ghost? Because he was at the train station. The train station. Ghost, yeah. You know what? I might be thinking of Ghost. I think you're thinking of Ghost. Yeah. What am I? What, what? Didn't something happen at a train station? Uh, I'm sure something at some point in one of the three Matrix movies right. happened at a train station. Oh, here it is. Oh well, there's a big fight the, the sub the subway station. Oh, he's in a show. We see each- he was in a show called Matrix on in 1993, uh, but that's not what I'm thinking of. I don't know, dude. But anyway, yeah, he died too early. He's only what about uh, what about Carla's husband? Uh, Carla's not Carla Dan Hadaya. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> you mean uh, uh, Tortelli? Nick Tortelli? Tortelli. Yeah. There you go. He's still around. You know, Tortelli. He was he he was hot off the uh, off the heels of uh, making his Tortelli uh, sequel or spinoff. A spinoff right? show. Mm-hmm. Oh, was this right. right around then? That would have been. No, right. I, I mean it was oh, almost the ninety. Way early that for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. That was a little later. I like that guy. Go see mm-hmm. Blood. Uh, watch Blood Simple. It's an amazing Coen Ooh, Brothers. Their first movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, all right, uh, alien voices are are kind of cracked me up. Hey, it's Buckaroo Banzai. Get him. It's just so like <laughs> got him. Uh nice jacket. Hey man, nice jacket. And I just <laughs> like that guy. Did that, be, that became a a, a running a gag or something. Yeah. Isn't that didn't yeah. didn't some band even take the name Hey Man Nice Jacket based on that line? Hey man nice no, filter made a song. Oh, to, no, I have never heard that. Heard Maybe it. that's it. Maybe it's the filter song. Yeah. Oh no, that's Hey Man Nice hey Shot. Hey man nice shot. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you had me there. Hey man, nice jacket. You gotta move. Nice. You gotta move you your jacket. That might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll fully own up to that. Let the Twitter post commence. But I totally was thinking of that filter song. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I can tell you the filter song's cool because uh, the isn't he the brother? He yeah, he's the brother of J of Pat. Uh, what's his name? Patrick from uh, the Terminator yeah. 1000 guy. I'll oh. tell you why it's cool because it's the one of the intro songs to uh, Demon Knights, uh, Chelsea the Crypt, which is a fantastic film sack movie. We oh, yeah. Watched okay. yet. There's also, well, anyway, we could go deep on Filter, but we don't need to. 
who's the wise guy? Which is a funny thing to say in this movie because um, uh, Jonathan Banks' big, big, uh, what would you call it? Not breakout role, but his his big chance came from being on a show called Wise Guy on TV. And so that made me laugh. But anyway, here it is. All right. Who's the wise guy? Oh, who is the wise guy? The wise guy. Who is? Uh, Jeff being Jeff. Where there was a huge electrical dimensional accident, some giant explosion, and they hypnotized Orson Welles into covering it up. So first he says there's an invasion from Mars, but then he says, no, 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 it's just a radio show hoax. Get it? He's so good at that. Yeah, he's just. He's okay. No, 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 no. No step three. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just so. Yeah, you, you, you are going to have a dinosaurs on your dinosaur. <laughs> this is so great. Um, yeah. All right, why? Oh, there's the why watermelon. Why is there a watermelon there? You'll never know. You'll never mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Question. Here's one for you. Uh, oh, I like this. Take her to the pit. Take her to the pit. <laughs> <laughs> does not sound Italian there. Nope. No. All right. Now, here's the president. Let's see if we can figure out who the famous actor is, but also this is a weird way of saying something. So here's what he said, and then we'll talk about it. By who? Who by? All right. By who? Who by? By, by who? By who by? Now, listen to that clearly again. That's, by who? Who by? Does that sound famous? Yeah, clearly, that's, uh, that's uh, Robert De Niro. Clearly. By who? Who by? Oh. <laughs> I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know. But that mustache was not convincing me of anything. No. Also, I felt like the actor changed along the way. It seemed like the body was different. The face was different by right. the end. I could be wrong. Is it because he was upside down? No, it was like, I can't put my finger on this. It almost like he changed races too. Like he just had a different, you know, just looked totally different by the end. I don't know. That was a weird, that's a weird thing. Everything about the president in traction make no yeah. sense to me. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it felt very much because at first I, it's been a while since I've seen it. And so I, I, w- I had forgotten a lot of the smaller scenes. I completely forgot about the president stuff. It's just so throwaway. Yeah. And uh, he was talking to him and I was thinking, wait, was this who he was operating on at the beginning of the movie? I'm like, I've never caught that. And I'm like, no, he's just the president in traction. What does this? <laughs> what? <laughs> they couldn't get. It's like, it's like they said, oh, we need a set for the president. Well, the Oval Office is going to be too much to build. How about we just do it in a hospital room? Yeah, where he's in traction for no good reason. Right. And what mm-hmm. if we dub that yeah. guy's voice completely with some well-known actor? We're not going to tell you who it is. Like, it's <laughs> right. a mysterious well-known. Really weird. Great. Really weird. All right, something about balls. I am, I am oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. The the voice is credited to an actor named Ronald Lacey. Uh, who? I mean, he has some things, but it's not like he's in, he he didn't do anything. You know, uh, like yes, our scrutiny important. was well deserved here because come on, Ronald. <laughs> who the hell is Ronald Lacey? <laughs> Do we know who that is? We don't know who that is. I don't I got to find out now. Well, you know, was taught, he played, he was uh, taught he played, in, uh, in Raise the Lost Ark. Uh, oh, okay. Oh. And he played uh, President Wildmark in uh, Widmark in uh, Adventures of Booker. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two claims to fame. <laughs> he played who in? Todd, the guy whose circular oh. glasses face melts. Uh, I'm going to oh, threaten you with guy. a coat hanger. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Okay, you did say that earlier. Now it's coming together. Let me play that again. Now let's see if we can hear it when I play it. By who? Who by? Is that what he sounds like? By who? That's what somebody sounds like, but maybe not him. That's what some well-known actor sounds like. But that's what they say. That's the dub. That's the president. No, no, no. I think they're saying the actor. Well, okay. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing because... It says Ronald Lacey, President Widmark, but not doesn't say voice. Oh, right, nobody over. At least okay. they didn't say it. Okay, so yeah, maybe we're not the mystery, a voice credit. Yeah, the mystery remains. Yeah, we still. If, don't if know. there really is a mystery, if this isn't just somebody like <laughs> putting garbage on IMDb, nobody's yeah. ever done that before. Yeah, never happened before. 
Hell, we spawned a bunch of it, and we know how it works. <laughs> we know exactly how easy it is hey, to put garbage on. Yeah. He played. Uh, what, he played like the priest in Red Sonja. We watched that, right? Yeah, yeah. we did. Sure, um, long time ago, year one, I think. Yeah, oh, we oh my gosh, that's weird. All right, here's something about balls. I'm glad someone has the balls to face facts. Oh, that's the president, also. Okay, I'm gonna try. Oh, again. maybe we can. Yeah, let's see if we can pick out the words right. from there. Let's test this out. Here we go. I'm I glad swear someone to God. has the. Hold on, play, let me play it again. I'm glad someone has the balls to face facts. No idea. No idea. Oh to God, this person is is present in really common clips that you play on on lots of shows. There is something. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's something weirdly familiar about it. I don't know. I can't figure it out. So I'll play this instead. That's a good way to clear your throat. I mean, I don't remember who that is. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to find out what he's saying. It's one of the aliens, and I and I wrote what is the name of the thing. Like, what is this? And I don't understand. Is it? Is he saying he's here. not here? He's not here. I think he's saying he's not yeah, here. Yeah, it is there. Like here. A, You're right. That's what it's got to be. He's there. having like Something a Planet here. of the Apes mask problem, you know, where you can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> John Parker, take the wheel. All right. Who approved this? I wrote. You bonsai! Don't you realize what you're saying? Your whole planet is going to be destroyed, and you sit here wasting time. Hey, paisanos! <laughs> I, th- I felt like it was the mix of accents that really sold it for me. Like, mm, yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't just some bad Italian or bad Russian, but it was everything. Oh, the, the large pepperoni! <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's uh, interesting that Christopher Lloyd would actually kind of play almost this exact kind of character in. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit later. Ah, yes. It's a very similar role. Just kind of a ridiculous accent over the top mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, big booty, do your thing. Big booty, activate your probes. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's a good one. All right, slow sucker down. I don't know what this is. Slow this sucker down. I'll handle these birds. Yeah, what does that uh, mean? Yeah. Slow this sucker down. I'll handle these birds. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you say when you're going to get all uh, tough? And... I don't think so. Okay. All right. Here's Dunaway's favorite character. John Smallberries. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> where John Smallberries. That's so good. All right. Uh, well done. Now, oops, where the hell did I go? Now I'm on the wrong page. Okay. Now this right here. Oops. Film sack checklist goes like this. Ghostbusters goo on the car? Check. That accent belongs to no one? Check. And finally, that ship looks like it's made of red vines and spit? Check. Uh, Star Trek connections. There are a number of them, and uh, I'm going to read them now. We got Vincent Schiavelli. Uh, He played John O'Connor in this, and TNG played the weapons salesman on Minos for the episode uh, in first season called The Arsenal of Freedom. There's Robert Ito. He was prof- Professor Hakita. He played Lieutenant Chang, <laughs> who conducted Wesley Crusher's Starfleet Academy entrance exam in the first season. No stereotyping in his career. Nope, none at all. Uh, Peter Weller played Buckaroo Banzai, uh, played Terra Prime leader John Frederick Paxton in the fourth season episode of Demons and Terra Prime. He was also into darkness and played Admiral Alexander Marcus. Uh, he's very good in that, menacing in that. Uh, Jonathan Banks. He was Lazardo. Uh, Hospital guard in DS9 played Gollan Sheila in the first season episode Battle Lines. I did not know that. 
I gotta go. I find, totally remember that. I gotta I go know. watch Jonathan Banks in there. I gotta yeah, see it. he's like leader of a uh, resistance group. There's these two warring factions on a planet, and that's he's cool. leading one of them. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, he played John Bigfoot, or sorry, Big Booty. John Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw boot and said foot for some reason. Anyway, oh, Star Trek Three played Klingon Commander Krooge and Lisa Lawrence Ferguson. She was Black Electroid Commander. And uh, TNG played Luton on the first season episode of Code of Honor, where he uttered these three words, or these words, you shall have no treaty, no vaccine, and no Lieutenant Yar. All right. That's that guy. Also, Carl Lumbly is yeah. credited, but I don't know which guy he was. Oh, he was the he was the uh, the electroid that helped them out. Um, John. Oh wait, uh, he's the one with the 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 Rastafarian. The Rastafarian, wait, John, John Parker. Yeah. That's John Parker. Parker. Yes, yeah, That's John Parker. What? Now he plays. Uh, now he plays a Martian Manhunter on uh, Supergirl. I love that. Yeah, he's great. Well, he plays the dad of Martian Manhunter. He's in all the cartoons. He's the voice of. So that's funny that they did that on the TV show. But yeah, he's fantastic. He was in BSG. He was on um, he's Alias. Great, yeah. He's just great. Love Carl Lumbly. All right. Yeah. There's that. Now let's move on to the soundtrack grade. I give it an SABT for Cynthia and Barely There. Because <laughs> it really is really there. It like, really I, struck I, me. I kind of felt like the movie was daring me to laugh. You know, like yeah. it was way ahead of its time, or and it could have had a laugh track. Yeah, you know? right. like, but it needed music. Hey, Brian Ibbett found the Hey Man Nice Jacket meme. There it is. I did. Yeah. Hey Man Nice Jacket. I a drunk guy. This. Yeah, drunker. I never high. knew that was a reference from this movie. I assume it is. I don't know if it is, but it's. Maybe it, it feels like it. Hey man, nice jacket. <laughs> Pick you up after the game. All right. Uh, moving on. We got uh, alternate titles. Oh no, we got Twitter posts. That's what we got to do. Twitter posts. You guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. Let's start with Randy. Uh, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, a hot mess of people running around and getting thrown in jail and being sexy kind of. And okay. We're going to say kind of in air quotes we're putting actually we have to it's a tweet so we have to put actual quotes kind of sex sexy ish yeah pseudo sexy men and women just like a saturday night (laughs) (laughs) i actually didn't you you were you were throwing some really good flares there because i didn't see it coming that time that was good right uh, all right, yeah. uh, Brian. Just like Jeff Goldblum trying to avoid a dinosaur. <laughs> Based on movement. Yeah. Uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, 1984. You have exceeded the character limit. Oh, the douche you say. That was my secondary. I'm glad you took it. Yes. Woo. Came really close. Finally, Brian Ibbett. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. As frenetic and disjointed as a Brian Dunaway intro, but not oh. nearly as clever. Nice. Oh. Nice. That's a nice compliment to you, Brian Dunaway. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, this has to happen. This movie was almost called Robocop and Kang versus Doc Brown and Nick Torelli. Tortelli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the with the Tortelli there at the end. Or sure. the Matrix reloaded train guy versus Mike Ermintrout. Now here's the problem. <laughs> The problem is he's not the, a train guy. The Matrix, in Matrix reloaded. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Am I wrong though? I have a scene in my head where Neo. It's in one of the sequels. Neo is at a train station and a guy's yelling at him, 
That's from that's I'm from Ghost. That's Ghost. I mean, that's Ghost. That is like the Vincent Chiavelli yells at Patrick right. Swayze in Ghost. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I mean, completely. Just like, I'm, not I'm just saying that I don't think so. Why have I, I overlapped that? That I don't know what I've done. I, I need you guys to start n- calling the Swayze Clay movie by its proper name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Clay, Swayze Clay movie is definitely what I'm going to call it from now on. You know, because the one scene they make pottery. <laughs> Oh, I, you know shit. what the bad thing is? What I can't remember the song that was attached to the freaking oh, pottery scene. And I mean, it's it's, uh, it's the Righteous Brothers uh, Unchained Melody. Oh my God! Why can't I? Can, I there it is. Oh yeah. I was trying to place any dirty dancing song in there, and I was like, that's not right. The time of my life, I've never made pottery like this. That 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 pottery scene made every girl in America hot. And I swear, (laughs) if you put it in the oven for the right amount of time, it'll come. Have a nice vase for your flowers. (laughs) Imagine if Patrick Swayze sitting behind you, holding your hands as it gently smushes pottery. That's right. You know, he'd just been yelled at by this Scarelli guy or whatever his name is. <laughs> Chiavelli. Chiavelli. It might be Schiavelli. I don't know if it's Schiavelli or Schiavelli. Schiavelli. He died at age 57 in Italy where he was, uh, uh, maybe not born, but he, you know, it's, it's his where he was A from. name like Schiavelli. Yeah. You, you know it's good. Okay. It's got to be good. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's <laughs> Italian. That <laughs> just comes out like that, or you think he, like, made effort to make it, you know, like what that? Is, I think that's, oh. like... That's all Vincent. That's his right. hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, him. The only decision he made was to not to let it grow out, is what you're saying. So, right. Yeah. When I right. see him, I immediately think of Stephen Wright. Is that weird? Yeah, that's no, that's what I think too. It's, very, it's, very much yeah. Stephen Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Expect him to go, was time I was driving on the airport runway, a lady poked me in the butt. I don't know. Whatever. I can't think of a good Stephen. <laughs> I can't think of a good job. I have a full-scale map of the, uh, the world. You're standing on it. <laughs> I went See? fishing yeah. with Salvador Dali. He was using a dotted line. <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, all right, Come emails. Back. Time for emails. This is from Jeff. He wrote in to filmsack at gmail.com. That's filmsack at gmail.com. You're all encouraged to do it. Thank you for all your emails. You guys are great, actually. We get great emails for filmsack. Never any jerks. And this one says, uh, greetings, fellow sackers. Two, obs- two observations about the movie Soldier. Soldier. Uh, number one, your discussion of the guns missed a major issue. Using combustion-style ammo in a non-oxygen environment. In the opening vignette, they show soldiers in spacesuits. I believe they were firing standard-appearing weapons. And if I remember my fire triangle correctly, you need fuel, ignition, and heat, and oxygen. If you mm-hmm. need a spacesuit, that means there wasn't any oxygen or not enough. No O2, no bang. Number two. Right. Just, hold on. I just want to summarize that part of the email. as just like a Saturday hey, night at Ibbett's house. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey Phil Sack, you didn't, you didn't have enough problems with Soldier. Yeah, there need, but, you needed to call out more yeah. problems with Soldier. Yeah, more right problems here. with Soldier, everybody. It's what we need. Number yeah. two. Why is the tra- So here's another one. Why is the trash planet filled with old aircraft parts and bodies? I checked the time frame of the movie, and it was supposed to be uh, when it was set in 2036. So my belief that the future planes shouldn't look at all like later 20th century, early 21st century aircraft, and it's just not justified. Though you'd still have to wonder 
about the cost of shipping an uncrushed plane body to another planet to dump. That's essentially shipping right. every. Uh, sorry, that's essentially shipping empty air across the galaxy. Anyway, thanks for the entertainment. May your sack ever grow larger. That's Ooh. your film sack, not your regular Whoa, no, sack. Oh, thank you. No. Yeah, man. John Largeberry. You need to have that checked out. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh dang it, Dunaway, you said that the worst time I'm choking here. <laughs> John Largeberry's. <laughs> oh, you bastard. All right. Well you done. Bastard. Filmsag at gmail.com. Thank you, Jeff. Anybody else out there want to say something, send those emails and we'd love it. Our next film is Super Mario Brothers. Now, here's the thing. Mario Brothers? This is not streaming anywhere, but we we have a listener who sent us a DVD a while back, and we now all have have copies of it. We're going to do it from that because it just seems like it's never going to stream. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank, I got the name right here. Nintendo has such a tight hold on that thing. <laughs> right, right. They don't want anybody to see it. They're not yeah. worry about lost revenue. They're like, no. Yep. Right. Uh, Jim Col- Col- Colbert, I assume it's, or it's Colbert. Could be. Um, it's usually Colbert, because that's only because I know Stephen Colbert. But anyway, James Colbert or Colbert sent these in, uh, all four copies. Huge thanks to him. Uh, he is also Thanks our digging around archivist. that Walmart bargain bin. We appreciate <laughs> you. That's, that's right. That's it may work. have been the only way. I mean, it just never shows up on streaming. So, listeners, right. forgive us that there's not a way for you to do this in any legal way that we we're aware of. Well, I mean, um, sure. I mean, you could uh, well stream, yeah. I mean, but you can definitely order it like off uh, off Amazon. You can get the oh, VH yeah. version, VHS version for one hundred fifty dollars. Sure. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's ways to get it. Getting Boom. DVDs is no problem and that sort of stuff. But I, I just wish it was streaming somewhere so that people could right. just easily find it. But it just needs to be done, so we're doing it. That Super Mario Brothers, uh, the uh, Bob Hoskins, look uh, at Leguizamo epic. Uh, John Leguizamo. That is not. There's no. <laughs> Bob Hoskins is, is there another is there another more famous Leguizamo? No, I just it made it sound like the guy the first guy's name was Bob Hoskins Leguizamo. Is the way I said it. So is there is, was John Leguizamo one of the aliens in uh, Buckaroo Banzai? No, no. it could have been probably John been. Leguizamo. <laughs> another John, yeah. But then That's what I meant. The uh, uh, who else? Who's bad guy in that? Oh, uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, man. right, right. Dennis yeah. Hopper. So not since Pop Waterworld. Yep, not since Waterworld that we had a good. Hopper-esque role for film sack. So we, so. Get, we get Lance Henrik, Henriksen. We get uh, Dan Castellanata. We get Mojo Nixon. We get Fisher Stevens. Wow. Fisher Stevens? Bear. Wow. Fisher Stevens. Third Rock from the Sun, Fisher Stevens? No, that's... Uh, Fisher... Fisher Stevens is a uh, big head, small neck, was uh, involved with <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer for a long time. Fisher Stevens has a larger, a large head light and a small bulb. neck. Yeah, he's a light bulb. Just say it. Oh, this guy. Interesting. Oh, that weird dude. He was with. I'm sorry. Did you say he was with? <laughs> yes. What's her name? No. Yes, he was. Uh, he was with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer for a while. That's crazy. What was she doing? <laughs> what was her deal? Something wrong there. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, he's uh he's a weird dude. He'll be on there and it'll be great. So Mario Super Mario Brothers next week here on Filmsack. Filmsack.com is our website. You can always leave us uh, the emails filmsack at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Filmsack and leave us reviews wherever you get your shows. That's gonna do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. You are. See you next time.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Holy shit!